Quality sleep is essential, and that's why the Sleep Number Smart Bed is designed for your ever-evolving sleep needs. So you can choose what's right for you whenever you like. Need a bed that's firmer or softer on either side? Helps you sleep at a comfortable temperature. Quiets their snores. Sleep Number does that. Sleep better together. J.D. Power ranks Sleep Number number one in customer satisfaction with mattresses purchased in-store. And now, save 50% on Sleep Number limited edition smart beds for a limited time. For J.D. Power 2023 award information, visit jdpower.com slash awards. Only at Sleep Number stores or sleepnumber.com. The loss is devastating. The first person in the state of Oklahoma to die of COVID was a Cherokee citizen named Merle Drive. That's Chuck Hoskin, Jr., He's the principal chief of the Cherokee Nation. They've been hit hard by the COVID-19 pandemic. We have lost uh, a lot of people. We have lost a lot of elders, including fluent speakers. And one of our biggest worries is that as we try to save the Cherokee language and hang on to and revitalize our culture, that COVID is having a negative impact on those efforts. And it's not just the Cherokee Nation. Over the last year, we've seen Native Americans across the country suffering a disproportionate impact from COVID-19. Now, this is caused in part by pre-existing health conditions, lack of water and sanitation, underfunded health systems, and also multi-generational homes that make it easier to transmit the virus. But when it comes to vaccine administration, some tribal health providers are outpacing counties and states. So for today's episode, I'm going to hand things over to CNN's Harmeet Kaur, She's been reporting on the situation in Indian country. I'm Dr. Sanjay Gupta, CNN's chief medical correspondent, and this is Coronavirus, Fact versus Fiction. More than two and a half million Native Americans get their health care from the Indian Health Service, a federal agency that's been historically underfunded, according to the National Council of Urban Indian Health, Others are served by systems operated by tribes, like in the Cherokee Nation. Indigenous tribes are sovereign nations, which means they have the authority to make their own decisions, independent of the United States. For tribal health providers, that authority extends to healthcare too, something that's worked to their advantage when it comes to vaccine distribution. It means tribes can determine for themselves who to vaccinate first and how exactly to go about doing it. Frankly, when the United States provides resources and gets out of the way, the Cherokee Nation does a wonderful job at delivering health care. Chief Hoskins says the Cherokee Nation has already vaccinated about 11% of the population that uses their health system. As of February 22nd, more than 21,000 vaccines have been administered on the reservation in northeastern Oklahoma. Chief Hoskins attributes some of that success to the tribe's independent health care system, which they spent the past decade shoring up. It's now the largest tribal-run health system in the U.S. I think our health care is not just great for Indian country. I think it's one of the best systems in the country. We are a society that believes that health care ought to be accessible to all of our citizens at no cost. And so if you're a Cherokee citizen uh, living anywhere, you can access our health care system. And for the more than 140,000 uh, Cherokee citizens within the reservation, it, it really is the health care system of choice. So can you describe the working relationship between the Cherokee Nation's health care system and the U.S. government? 
Uh, it's a relationship that is uh, indispensable to the Cherokee Nation, even though we have contributed mightily to our own healthcare destiny by building these clinics, by expanding programs. But we still believe that the government of the United States ought to meet its obligations for funding. Now, the United States has not succeeded in meeting its obligations to Indian country. Uh, we persist. We uh, advocate for more funding, uh, not just for our tribe, but all of Indian country. It's what's known as the trust responsibility from the United States to Indian tribes. And that trust responsibility is born of treaties, of statutes, of court decisions. It was paid for long ago by the loss of blood and treasure by our ancestors when we were forcibly removed. You know, I know that Cherokee Nation is getting vaccines from the Indian Health Service. Um, can you talk about what autonomy you have um, when it comes to how you distribute? Well, that's been, I think, one of the reasons we've been so successful is that we do have that autonomy. We can exercise our sovereignty. Yes, we get resources from the Indian Health Service, but we can craft our own vaccine distribution plan, determine how best to get the vaccine out to our people. For example, we put healthcare workers first, uh, just like uh, just substantially all of the health systems and states, localities in the country did, but we also put uh, elders and fluent speakers at the front of the line. Why? Because it's a important national interest for the Cherokee Nation to protect our fluent speakers. So I think we have done well. The only question has been, will the United States keep up with the Cherokee Nation? Has vaccine hesitancy been a challenge for the Cherokee Nation? And if so, how have you addressed those concerns? There have been concerns about the vaccine among our citizens, but we've reminded our citizens that when Cherokee Nation has faced difficulties in the past, we have overcome them by rallying together, by watching out for each other, by putting our community ahead of ourselves. So whether it's uh, public health measures like wearing masks or encouraging people to get the vaccine, I think we've helped allay some of those fears with that sort of messaging. Uh, we've also experienced just something wonderful when some of our fluent speakers, many of whom are elders, most of whom are elders, got the vaccine and they celebrated. These elder fluent speakers are some of the most revered people uh, in Cherokee society. So to see them celebrating was a more powerful message than I could have delivered. I mean, we've vaccinated over a thousand of our 2,000 fluent speakers that we have left. I think that stirred something in many Cherokee people that uh, reminded them what's at stake if we don't collectively do what we can to overcome what is the worst public health crisis in living memory. So one thing that's really stuck out to me is that the Cherokee Nation seems to have avoided some of the long lines and confusing sign-up portals that um, we've seen in other counties and cities and states. How have you managed to do that? Well, I think it starts with something that you can't just create in the face of a pandemic, we are a culture that believes that healthcare ought to be something that citizens have access to. This is a basic thing that ought to be part of everyone's life. If you build a healthcare system over decades with that in mind, then you set up systems that really put the patient first. And I think across the country, 
Uh, that's not always the experience. We operate with our goal, not as profit. Our goal is the health and well-being of our people. Creating that system means you already have uh, things in place, like uh, we can do an automated call system to this large population of Cherokees who use one health system, the Cherokee Nation health system. We have people who speak Cherokee calling the fluent speakers, encouraging them to come get their vaccine. We've also built up, I think, a great deal of confidence in our healthcare system, which makes all the difference in the world. Had this pandemic hit back when I was born in 1975, when healthcare for Cherokees was delivered directly by the United States, often inadequately, I don't think the confidence would have been there. I think the United States would have had a challenge to vaccinate uh, Cherokees in an efficient manner because the level of trust would not have been there. But today in 2021, there is a level of trust. Frankly, if the United States would follow the lead of the Cherokee Nation, this country would be better off in so many respects. Tribal health providers in other parts of the country have followed similar recipes for success. As of February 18th, nearly two-thirds of the people on the Navajo Nation have received at least one dose of the vaccine, and 14.8% have been fully vaccinated. That's according to the Navajo Nation Department of Health. The Navajo Nation has been getting vaccines out quickly with drive through clinics. And for those who can't travel to the clinics, it means bringing the vaccine to them. Arm, keep it loose. Okay, little poke. And you're all done. Yay! Woo! Second vaccine is in. Shaylin Lucero is a public health nurse from the Navajo Nation. We do have a lot of high-risk patients that aren't able to make it to the hospital or to the drive through clinic. So we do come out here and take care of our high-risk patients on the reservation. A community health center in Seattle offered vaccines to more people early on. That decision helped them protect their most vulnerable populations. And what we did is we prioritized folks who are 55 and over and American Indian and Alaska Native. We also prioritize folks who are in high-risk categories, so folks who have um, illnesses that put them at greater risk. Esther Lucero is CEO of the Seattle Indian Health Board. And we wanted to make sure we could take care of all of our elders, not just those who are 70 years old and older, right? Because many of our elders are disproportionately impacted by homelessness. About 40% of our elders in our elders program are homeless. Despite the progress so far, there are still hurdles ahead for tribal communities. Winter storms slowed down some of their vaccine efforts last week, and tribes say they need more funding to continue to respond to the ongoing pandemic. But given the right resources, tribal health providers are showing that they can rise to the challenge, and their success offers some valuable lessons for other communities. The vaccine success out of Indian country is promising, but whether tribes can also keep up their pace of vaccinations depends on whether the United States can keep providing them with the supplies they need, as fast as they need them. There is reason to be hopeful. President Joe Biden's administration has promised to ramp up efforts significantly in the coming months, and a third vaccine option could soon be on the way. And when that time comes, tribal health providers say they'll be ready. If you have questions, please record them as a voice memo and email them to asksanjay at cnn.com. We might even include them on the next podcast. We'll be back Monday. Thanks for listening. Coronavirus Fact versus Fiction is a production of CNN Audio. Megan Marcus is the executive producer. 
Felicia Patinkin is the senior producer. Raj Makija is the senior manager of production operations. This week's episodes were produced by Anne Lagamayo, Rachel Cohn, Emily Liu, Aaron Mathewson, Madeline Thompson, Nathan Miller, Jordan Gasporé, Zach St. Louis, and Zoe Saunders. Our medical writer is Andrea Kane. Nathan Miller is our engineer, and David Toledo is the team's production assistant. Special thanks to Ben Tinker and Amanda Seeley of CNN Health, as well as Ashley Lusk, Courtney Coop, and Daniel Cantor from CNN Audio. Quality sleep is essential, and that's why the Sleep Number Smart Bed is designed for your ever-evolving sleep needs. So you can choose what's right for you whenever you like. Need a bed that's firmer or softer on either side? Helps you sleep at a comfortable temperature. Quiets their snores. Sleep Number does that. Sleep better together. J.D. Power ranks Sleep Number number one in customer satisfaction with mattresses purchased in-store. And now, save 50% on Sleep Number limited edition smart beds for a limited time. For J.D. Power 2023 award information, visit jdpower.com awards. Only at Sleep Number stores or sleepnumber.com.